I'm Amber Peterson, and you're listening to Mamas and Money, Episode 78, Holiday Financial Hangover with Emily Penrod. Do you know that creating confidence with your money will change your life? My name is Amber Peterson. I'm a mother, licensed financial professional, and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you're ready, let's take this journey together. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I'm so thrilled that you are here today. Now, today I wanted to share an episode I did with Emily Penrod. She is fantastic. She has a show on Win Win Women. It's on at Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. She is a family relationship coach, and her show is Healing Your Family. So highly recommend you go check that out. And we did a recording on Financial Holiday Hangover. Sometimes after an amazing holiday season, we now come into the new year looking at our finances, and sometimes that's hard to communicate with our spouse or partner because of what we're thinking and feeling about our money or the money we may have spent during the holidays. So we wanted to give you some advice on communication, also on things you can utilize to help you make decisions this year to get you closer to your financial goals. Welcome to Healing Your Families, where we address six areas of health for families, emotional, financial, mental, physical, social, and spiritual. Now this month, our theme has been emotional well-being, but I have as my guest, a financial expert, Amber Peterson, a money mindset coach. Amber, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Emily. And let's cover that area where our emotions and our finances overlap. How do we deal with those emotions we get once the holiday is over? That's a great question because when it comes to like a holiday, we, it's so much excitement, right? We feel a lot of really good emotions usually. (laughs) And I know there's exceptions to that rule, but usually we get excited for a holiday. We feel happy. We can experience a greater sense of joy and service and gratitude. And those are all really good, feel good emotions. And then our holiday concludes and the celebrations end and the parties. And then we go, okay, Now we need to get back into maybe the routine of life, and that may not feel as good as preparing for a holiday or experiencing a holiday. And especially when it comes to our finances, also that those feel-good feelings allow us to maybe spend a little bit more freely, wanting to maybe give a little bit more freely, and that feels good too. But then we might realize come January or even the later January, February, that we realized some of those decisions we made with our money when we felt really good now or might come back to mm. not feel so good anymore. <laughs> and where the bills are coming in. Yes. Now it's time to pay the piper. Yes, it really, yeah. Especially if we use our credit card or some sort of credit to acquire gifts or to give away, then yes, then we see those bills come in and we go, oh, that doesn't feel good. I really don't like seeing those bills come in. Maybe there's um, now new goals that you want to set where, you know, hey, this is really where I want to spend my money, but not to spend it on bills. And that does not feel very good. Well, and of course, our attitude about it, it you know, we could decide, mm-hmm. well, it was worth it. I'm glad I did it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or we could be deeply regretting and thinking drastic changes I want to make next year. 
And what do you bet in most marriages, there's one of each? <laughs> there might be, yes. And that's sometimes where the money mindset definitely comes into play because we get to choose how we think and feel about it. But a lot of times we kind of go unconscious about it. And so we might just see that bill come in and automatically think, oh, this is terrible. I can't believe that, you know, I made all those choices and now I have to deal with this. And, you know, this is awful and I don't like this. Well, what kind of emotion is that going to feel? It's not going to make us feel good. And when we don't feel good, we tend to take action that isn't very beneficial for us. And it kind of can keep us stuck the more we think these things of how awful this is, how hard life is, how we don't have enough money. It keeps us stuck in making those decisions that aren't helping us move forward. Whereas if we choose to look at that bill, and just like you mentioned, Emily, if we're like, hey, that was I love spending my money that way. That was a great experience. And now I have this debt that I need to take care of and I'll take care of it. Now you still have the same amount of debt if that's what, you know, the bills come in, but the way you look at it is going to change the way you feel, which changes those actions to help you move forward. Exactly. Exactly. Now, and, and if you do have one of each, and and you said, and I agree with you, I think we just kind of don't want to think about it. Mm -hmm. And we shut down. And that really makes it challenging when you have a joint account yes. and you're sharing the expenses and you have two very different views. How do you, and you just shut down. It mm -hmm. seems to me that would cause feelings of resentment that would just build up over time. Yes, that's a really interesting point you bring up, Emily, because yes, let's say we do have a partnership where one is now very stressed about money and thinking this is terrible and hate being in this situation. And another one says, yeah, we had a great experience. Yes, we do have this bill we need to take care of, but it's going to work out and we're going to figure it out. Okay. Now, the reason why that's so important to recognize is because you're going to act differently. And sometimes you might be acting against each other in an effort to move forward. And so this is why it's so important to just be aware of what's happening. So if you notice whether within yourself or in your partner, you know, what they're doing with money or what they're thinking or feeling, they might be saying, hey, this is terrible. I'm so stressed out. Um, you know, how can we make this resolved quickly? What can we do? They might start making decisions of not wanting to look at a budget, not wanting to talk about money, not wanting to, because uh, it's just painful for them. They don't like feeling those feelings. They don't want to be reminded of that debt that they have. Whereas the other partner might say, hey, let's take a look at our budget. Let's see where we can put some extra money towards this so we can move forward. Let's you know talk about this and talk about why this might be difficult or some goals that we have for the future. You can see if one partner is like, no, I don't want to. I'm reluctant. I don't want to even look about it. And the other one's like, yeah, let's look at it. This is going to be a great experience. How those forces can maybe work against each other. And this is where a lot of understanding needs to come in of each partner and just say, hey, tell me how you're feeling and let's work through this, you know, and let's decide what we want to do together. You know, and that's so much healthier. I, I've seen some cases where they don't openly talk about it but there's a lot of passive aggressive activity when maybe hiding the credit cards 
or, you know, just trying in some subtle way to control the behavior of the other, which really adds to, you know, the resentment, the distrust, it can really undermine a relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we want control and an effort to control the situation that we have. And a lot of times it just really comes down to wanting to feel, you know, safety and security. A lot of times it just says, I want to feel better about my situation. So we try to control all the elements so we can control if anything bad might happen. And a lot of times that can translate into, I need to control my spouse or the actions of my spouse to help me feel better. Well, unfortunately, (laughs) we can't control anybody outside of us. As nice as that would be, right? Especially as wives, as maybe moms, we're going, hey, if we could just control the decisions they make, we could help life be better for them, (laughs) right? I'll just make your decisions for you. It's fine. And and I I think in any relationship, in accepting that you are the only person you can control, you can't control. You, You can maybe influence by expressing your thoughts and feelings and your desires. Mm-hmm. And that's part of that, what you were talking about, that healthy communication. Let's let's create this safe environment where we can talk about this and we're not going to attack each other. Yes. We're going to, we're going to listen and understand. Yes. And that's easier said than done, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. We can talk about it all day long, but going through the action of it, can look a little different. And I think one critical step when going into especially a money conversation, because money is very emotional for everybody involved, <laughs> just because we have so many thoughts and beliefs around money. I mean, just even the situation we're talking about here, maybe having some holiday debt, you could, you and your spouse could have very differing beliefs and feelings about it. So when you come into a conversation, one of the things you can do is to reassure each other that you're not going to make fun of each other, or you're not going to belittle each other, or you're not going to say, well, why do you feel that way? That's dumb. You know, because then that all shuts down the conversation. If we feel embarrassed or we feel like our spouse isn't, you know, listening to us, or we feel like our opinion and our feelings aren't valid or respected by them, then it's very easy to see how you could just shut down the conversation and avoid talking about money, which is ultimately doesn't really benefit you both. So just go in and say, Hey, I'm willing to listen. I really want to learn how you feel about this. What, you know, what would feel better to you? What steps do you want to take to help you, you know, have a better outlook? What do we need to do as a couple to not only discuss, but then take the steps towards creating a better situation for us both? You know, and it sounds like it needs to begin with the setting. Yes, It can't be at a time when you're hurried or rushed. It needs to be when the children are asleep or maybe even when you're away from home. But it sounds like it's the setting and also the mindset. Just Mm -hmm. the, I'm willing to be open and listen. We're not going to, no blaming no judgment. Mm-hmm. Yes, those things are critical because, and I think we've all experienced when you talked about, you know, the setting of it, 
have we ever talked to someone or have them talk to us and we're doing this on our phone Yeah. <laughs> you know and sometimes my kids do this and so I go and they're like I'm listening I promise I'm listening but to me as the one that I'm trying to share some insight or to connect with them I'm not feeling that connection so even though they say yeah I'm listening I can hear you I hear what you're saying I am not feeling that connection so I said hey you know Could you put your phone down for a minute? Look at me so I know that you're communicating, just so I can understand that you're hearing my words. And so I think, too, that setting that environment is really important of saying, okay, are we free from the majority of our distractions, if not all, right? Because I know things can pop up, but have we made it a, a priority to create a space where we can really communicate and really listen to each other and respond and, and respect each other. And I think that's really important. And then the second thing that you said, Emily, was not only the setting, but what you come in expecting of that conversation instead of saying, well, you need to change what you do and, you know, you need to do this and that. And I hate the way you spend money or that I hate the way you look at this. It's like, okay, I want to listen. I want to be open to what you're going to say and let's communicate, understand how each other feel. And even, I think it's so important too, to even acknowledge that, mm -hmm. how they're feeling and how that's important to them. It may even seem kind of odd to you that they would feel that way, but just acknowledging that and giving them that space to be like, it's okay to feel that way. That's all right. I understand. And now what? You know, it makes a huge difference. Have you ever that, how do we want to been move in forward? that in that conversation with someone when they really they're asking you questions? They really want to understand. And you can feel that as opposed uh -huh. to you get the impression they're only listening to find the flaw in your reasoning so they can immediately attack it. You can exactly. feel that difference, you know. Yes. Or I call it sometimes to listening to respond. Yes. Instead of listening to understand and be we're like, okay, I really want to find out what's going on. Instead of it's like, okay, I'm only going to listen until I find something I want to say about it or how to refute or to step in. Right. And I sometimes tell my older son this because he is full of ideas and loves to share them as soon as they pop into his head. And I said, you know, you got to listen to really understand the person and where they're coming from, not just, oh, I have a response to that and I'm going to say it, you know, because that's where kind of communication can stop as well. If we're not really truly listening to connect and understand or just listening to get our own opinion out there. Yes. And you used a word that I think is key. And that's respect. You know, a lot of people insist that respect is even more important in a marriage than love. Because when, you know, when you love someone, you get to feeling really comfortable and you feel like you can say whatever comes to your mind. But yes. when you respect them, you want, you care, you value their opinion. You want to help them reach their goals too. Yes. So if we're listening with respect, we're not interrupting them. We're not rolling our eyes, mm -hmm. scoffing. We are seeking to understand. Yes. And find that common ground and staying with it until we do. I think that's, I think too many couples give up. They run into some conflicts and well, that's it. We just can't agree on that. Right. Because when 
we had even a difference of opinion about money and some conflict there. So maybe someone wants to spend money on, um, you know, an item that they want. And the other spouse is like, well, I don't want to spend my money that way. And they have even a little bit of conflict because of those emotions. We don't want to feel those, right? We don't like feeling conflict. We don't like feeling um, frustration and all of those kind of emotions that bring about kind of those not feel good feelings, if you will. And so instead it's easier to avoid or it's easier to um, push down those emotions or it's easier to ignore them as much as possible. But what I've learned is that the more we push down emotions or ignore them, it's kind of like an upset toddler. <laughs> they don't just be like, oh, mom's not listening. I'm just going to go play quietly. They're going to uh -huh. keep tugging on you and being like, you need to pay attention to me. <laughs> you know, hey, 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 you know, and until you acknowledge them. And I think that sometimes too, what we need to do with our emotions is acknowledge them, acknowledge the way we're feeling. And that's okay to feel that. But then let's use those emotions and where we're coming from to in a healthy way, not to yell at our spouse, not to tell them that they're doing things wrong, not to, you know, go out and then spend more money on the credit card because that feels better <laughs> than <laughs> maybe saving our money or, you know, not spending money on the credit card. But let's acknowledge those emotions, validate them, say, I'm feeling this way and that's okay. And then now with the connection of your spouse and we can recognize those emotions. Now, how do we want to proceed forward in our goals? And I think another thing to realize too, is that as you go about, it's not going to be like a one-time conversation. No, It's because money you're going to use throughout your life. Um, you need it to just buy everyday things like groceries and, you know, gas for your vehicle. And you're going to have goals with money too. That's important to you as a family. So recognizing emotion in what you do with your money is really important as well. And that comes from what we think and believe about money. That's true. And, and I loved how you brought up the end goal. What you're striving for is making decisions together. Yes. And then because it's good, you know, it's going to come up in the next year. As soon as, you know, I think they come out, start coming out with the ads for Christmas around <laughs> what, August, September? Yeah, as some stores as, have the decorations. <laughs> yeah, as soon as that starts, you know that tension's going to come back unless you have a plan and you've both agreed on it and you know how you're going to handle it. You know, you've already decided how much you want to spend on decorations, how much you want to spend on gifts. Those. Yeah, and sometimes it's even deciding that beforehand too is mm -hmm. definitely you know, this is our this is our budget. And especially as you're starting off this new year, you can start to decide with your partner and say, you know, I'd really like to start telling our money where to go. I like mm -hmm. to refer to that telling your money where to go. A lot of people refer to it as budget, but it means okay, we're gonna have money coming in. Now we get to direct it to serve us going forward. And especially when it comes to like holiday spending, if you're noticing you don't like the emotion of having maybe the bills come in in January, you can actually start right now and make a decision saying, hey, if we put 50 to $100 away right now each and every month and keep that for Christmas spending, then when we get to that holiday next year, we don't repeat having the bill again. We can just say we have that money in savings and that can contribute to feeling even better in that holiday season. 
And so making that decision together, you know, yeah. we, we don't like the feeling where we're going to agree that we don't like the bills, seeing the bills, January, <laughs> February, March. So we're going to do this instead. And then when you assess the next year and you decide, yes, this is much better. We're going to keep doing this. Yes. And I think what is really powerful that can help you towards what you want to create in the new year is a couple different things. One, to imagine your future self. So you have this future self, let's say it's next December, and your future self has saved that money for Christmas. That future self has worked together with your spouse to find resolutions and solutions to money. You've been able to communicate. You've been able to make decisions together. What does that future you look like? What does that feel like? And I think that's powerful. Is what is that going to feel like when you're in that position? What's it going to feel like when you don't have to use credit to get the things that you want? What does it feel like when your debt is paid off? You know, because those emotions, once again, money is emotional, can make a difference in then your actions. And then the second thing is, you know, we get advice from so many different sources, which is awesome. There's so many people out there that can give us amazing information. But I would invite too to take advice from your future self as well. Mm -hmm. And because so much of our money experience and what we bring to our mind about money is our past experiences with money. And so how can we create something in the new year if we're continually thinking, well, this is what I've done with money. This is all I can create with money. I'm not very good with money. That past thinking is going to give you the past results. And just keep repeating that. But if we start to take advice from our future self, so imagine, you know, you in a year who's made these different financial decisions, what advice would she give you? Would she say, you know, it's possible. I can't wait for you to experience this. It feels so good. I promise it's going to change the way you look and think about money. And that's a great thing. And you're going to make great decisions. And I think taking that advice is then going to help you as you make the choices going forward with your spouse to create what you want. So you mentioned um, taking advice from your future self. Mm -hmm. And just to make sure I understood that correctly. So you are imagining that you took this action of telling your money where to go, deciding in, adv in advance how to avoid that financial hangover after the mm -hmm. holidays. And, and then rather than relying on your past self, what you've done in the past, seek that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to picture. So like imagine yeah. yourself in a room with your future self saying, so how does it feel not to have any debt coming in after yeah. the holidays? What what's your advice? What do you recommend? Yeah, exactly. Because I think once again, we I was talking about kind of going on autopilot with the subconscious. We're going to just go back to our old way of thinking because it's easier. It's more efficient. Yes, our brain. Yeah. yeah. And our brain is like, I don't want to consciously think of a new way to think about things. I'm our just going to default. <laughs> our subconscious hates change. It just, does. Just, because, yeah. Stay the same. Because it's that efficiency factor with our brain. It's like, no, we already decided how we're going to feel about money. I don't want to think about that again. But 
we might see in our past that if we keep thinking I'm no good with money, just as an example, we keep getting results that tell us, you know, we're not very good with money. But if we want to change that in the new year, then we can go to our forward self and say, okay, what do I want to create? Well, let's say I want to get out of debt this year as, you know, an example. And you picture yourself 12 months from now being out of debt. And it's kind of like visualizing you in a room with your future self and just being like, yes, what has that been like? Maybe what did you need to do to get here? Is it possible? And I think tapping into that future self, that future self can say, yes, it is possible. And this is how our life is different. And this is how we feel. And it feels better. And it's worth the sacrifice along the way to be where we're at today. And you can get here. That's possible. So I think it's just important to accept that we can change our thinking. Yes. Yes. And it's just, it's going to take some practice, you know, because we're so used to that autopilot, but that more we think about it's possible. I can make decisions that can lead me to the future I want. I can make good decisions with money. I'm learning how to make good decisions with my money. I'm learning how to communicate with my spouse better about money. We're learning how to work together to create more of what we want. Those type of thoughts then lead to emotions that help us move forward, that kind of motivate us, give us hope, give us more peace about money. And that translates to our actions with money. That is powerful. And it, like you said, it takes effort. We have to decide, I don't want this anymore. I am ready to let go of this and move into something that helps me feel better about myself, mm -hmm. about money, about the holidays. Yes. And, and about communicating with my spouse, about working mm -hmm. together. And I think something powerful that just came to my mind too, as you brought that up, Emily, is that so often we look at our past decisions with money and then we beat ourselves up for it. Yep. Waste a lot of time beating ourselves up. We do. Because once again, I think we either we're used to it. That's an automatic response because of what we think, you know, and feel about ourselves with money. Um, but I also think that's not helpful. And we have to really stop and I think what can really change that response is just recognizing the choice that we made, but instead of beating ourselves up over it, recognizing, taking responsibility and saying, yes, I spent that money. And at the time I spent that money because I wanted to do this in my life, or I wanted to feel this way, or maybe it was because I felt like this was the only route to go, whatever the choice was, why you made, you know, that spent that money, for example, just take responsibility for it and say, yes, I did that. And then now what do I want to do going forward? So we can yeah. kind of skip the shame. We don't need that negative feeling because that keeps us stuck. But we can say, okay, yes, I take responsibility for that. I understand that. Now, what do I want to do going forward? Let's remember the only thing we can do with the past is learn from it. We can't change yes. it. Yes. We can just learn from it. Exactly. Forward. Yes, 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 yes. So, you know, looking at our past self and beating her up and saying she's terrible with money and saying that she'll never be good with money, that I don't see any benefit to that whatsoever. But yet it says it, it tends to be a very common response because I think yeah. too, we feel like, okay, if I 
tell myself I did something wrong and beat myself up for it, somehow that's going to translate to better actions so I can feel better later and be better. Well, I haven't seen (laughs) really anybody that can beat themselves up and then lead to lasting, you know, better decisions and creating something better in their life. It's the better choices that lead to the improvement. Yeah. And the better choices come from how we feel and come from what we think and believe. So let's kind of stop the guilt train or the shame train Uh and just say, I recognize I made that choice. And I understand that maybe I was under stress when I made that choice, or maybe I felt thought it would make me feel better if I made this choice. That's okay. I forgive myself for that. And now I still have the circumstance where maybe I have some debt. Now I'm going to make this choice because I know that's going to help me as I move forward. So I recognize that I forgive me and I'm going to make new choices to create a new set of growth and circumstances that I want. You know, this is such a key, important area for families coming together and, and, and getting on the same page with their money. So I'm really excited that I had the opportunity to collaborate with you and write an ebook. Can we talk, yes. talk about that? <laughs> I'm so excited about this. And it's been such a labor of love with you, Emma Lou, And I've loved it so much. And the collaboration, I know that multiple minds <laughs> working on something is going to make it even better. And so, yes, we create an ebook called Discovering Your Money Mindset. And it just helps you kind of recognize and become aware and understand of what you're thinking and believing about money. And you get to decide if that's going to serve you going forward. And if not, then you can decide, okay, what do I want to change? And am I willing to change to make that happen? And I think this is a great exercise for you and your partner, just in that discovery phase of, okay, what do we really think and believe about money? And is that helping us move forward in creating the life that we want? And so because we want everybody to benefit, uh, we made it as a complimentary ebook. We want everyone to be able to access this because we know when you think and believe in a way that serves you with money, you're going to feel better about money and take the action steps to create what you want with your money. I love that. I love that. So there's the link just Go to that link and get your free copy of this ebook. And we also created a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So, a place where we can share our experiences and motivate each other, not only in, well, in all six areas yes. of health, but you're our group expert on finances, how we can have a much more positive money mindset, have a positive relationship with money. Not too often we we have a rather <laughs> negative. We either think it's the root of all evil or there's not enough of it, or we we, you know, we have we we do a lot of unhealthy things. Yeah, and sometimes once again that's could be just what we were taught. And maybe that's not only what we were taught, but then we just have some experiences that maybe solidify some of those beliefs for us. And then we run on autopilot. So it might be just like, 
we just have to recognize it and then decide what we want to do with it. So, you know, once again, don't beat yourself up if you have a mindset that isn't serving you, but now's the time to discover it and say, how yeah. do I want to make this different so I can make the decisions moving forward that's going to change our life for the better. Exactly. Learn from the past and make the future better, brighter. Yes. Love it. Okay. So now you have a show on Win Win Women on Fridays. Yes. Fridays at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. It's called Mamas and Money. I would love for um, anyone to come in there and really learn more about money and their money mindset. And of course, if you're familiar with any of these shows, we love to do the Q&A afterward, after we're done recording, because we really want to answer your questions. So definitely come with your questions too, and we can get those answered for you. And remember, Mamas and Money, because that's your, you you have a Facebook page, Instagram, just remember Mamas and Money, and Amber Peterson, and you'll get expert in, information yes, on making friends with money. Yes, because we want you to have the best relationship with money that's going to serve you going forward. And and also the group that you mentioned, Emily, who strengthen you and strengthen your family. Uh, we go into that six areas of family, uh, you know, things that we want to work on to make our families stronger. And we want you to come there and learn again. Um, of course, you have these shows and different resources, but we really want to support you in what you're doing to support your family. And, you know, these six areas, they they inter they overlap in many ways, but all six need to be addressed to have that fully functioning, healthy family. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I know when we work on these areas, we're going to create more abundance in our lives. We're going to create more peace, more joy, more satisfaction. And, you know, at the end of the day, we all want to feel better. We all want to feel more peace, more joy, more contentment, more fulfillment, more um, connection with those that we love. And, and this is the way to do it. It is indeed. So, Amber, thank you so much for joining me. I love talking to you. Me too. And for my audience, join, join me again next week at the same time. Until then, love yourself, love your families. Let's make the world a better place by strengthening families. This is Emily Penrod with HealingYourFamilies.com. This is your year to become more confident with your money and bring more of what you want into your life. A key to do that is discovering your money mindset. Once you've discovered your money mindset, it opens up the possibilities of what you can bring into your life. I want to help you with this. Head on over to discoveryourmoneymindset.now.site to get your complimentary copy of our brand new ebook, Discovering Your Money Mindset. You can use this as a tool to aid you this year in creating more of what you want and feeling confident in your money. I can't wait to hear how it goes. So head on over once again to discoveryourmoneymindset.now.site.